0: This Christmas season, David Jeremiah and Turning Point Productions present Why the Nativity, a docudrama film that will take you on a thought-provoking journey surrounding the most pivotal moment in human history, the birth of Jesus Christ. Experience the sights and sounds of that first Christmas as Dr. Jeremiah provides a fascinating presentation of biblical history paired with dramatic reenactments. Watch Why the Nativity completely free and find it everywhere it is available by going to whythenativity.org. That's whythenativity.org.
1: Because of His love for mankind, the Creator chose to confine Himself to a humble human body so that man could know Him. That's the Christmas story. And today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah unpacks the truth, which has challenged and inspired the human race for over 2,000 years. What does it mean that God is with us? Here's David to introduce his message, Why Call Him Emmanuel.
2: You know, I'm reminded of a passage of Scripture in the New Testament where Jesus was asked by one of his disciples, show us the Father. And Jesus responded by saying, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In other words, I am God in the flesh. I am the God you can touch, the God you can feel. And it surprises so many people when you tell them that after his resurrection, the Lord Jesus ascended to heaven in his body, and he is in his humanity even now. We will see him one day in heaven and be able to view the scars in his hands and feet and in the, the, the hole in his side where the spear was placed. Um, he never will ever not be what he was when he came. And uh, the story of his coming into this world is a marvelous story. And today we're going to talk about uh, one of the names he was given. Um, uh, they said they will call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. It's my favorite name for the Christmas story for Jesus because it's such a reminder that God came to be with us. We could not see God and can never see God, the Father, who is the Spirit, but God the mm-hmm. Son is God in the flesh, and He is God's picture to us. If you want to know what God is like, you have to find out what Jesus is like, and He came to show us God. His wonderful incarnation name is Emmanuel. Today and tomorrow, we're going to talk about why call Him Emmanuel. Hey, let me give you this uh, reminder before we get into our message today that during the month of December, we like to make available to those of you who will help us with a year-end gift— a beautiful beautiful book called Moments with God it's our new devotional 392 pages soft leather um beautiful gilt edge pages and All of these devotionals, one for every day of the whole year. Just send a gift of any size for our year-end in-gathering and ask for the book, Moments with God. And uh, we just have found out that one of the things people have really um, gravitated toward is we have a special opportunity for you to get more than one of these. I think they come in a packet. If you go to davidjeremiah.org, you'll see this all explained, because what happens when you get one of these devotionals, you instantly want to give one to somebody you love. So I think last year, maybe the year before, we started making this uh, special opportunity available, and it exploded. You may want to take advantage of that. I don't have time to get into all the details, but go to davidjeremiah.org, and you'll find all the details there. Okay, this is part one, Why Call Him Emmanuel. Back in 1996, a pop song by Joan Osborne made the charts Asking what difference it would make if God were one of us. Quote, just a slob like one of us. A stranger on a bus commuting home. Many people thought the song was sacrilegious. But it expressed the longing that all of us have for a God who can understand the kinds of problems that we face in our humdrum everyday lives. What Joan Osborne didn't know was this. One day, God did become one of us. Listen to these words from the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated god with us say that with me god with us many years ago on a snowy christmas eve in fort wayne indiana where i was then the pastor of a church i was at home on christmas eve and everybody else had gone to bed i was up late and I was listening to the radio in the kitchen. And I heard a late presentation of Paul Harvey's program. I remember hearing Paul Harvey tell this story. I'd never heard it before. I have since heard it many times and actually recently found it in written form. I will never forget the impact that story had on me that Christmas Eve so many years ago. Perhaps it was the snow on the ground outside of my home and the eeriness of being up late at night on a Christmas Eve when everyone else had gone to bed. But most of all, it was the story itself that helped me to understand and appreciate Christmas in a way that I had not ever appreciated it before. Here is the story as I have recently found it. And I think you will understand why it has been such a help to me. One raw winter night, a man heard an irregular thumping sound against the kitchen storm door. He went to a window and watched as tiny shivering sparrows, attracted to the warmth inside, were beating their wings and their bodies against the glass of the door. Feeling compassion for the helpless creatures, the farmer bundled up and trudged through fresh snow to open the barn for the struggling birds. He turned on the lights, tossed some hay in a corner, sprinkled a trail of saltine crackers to direct them to the barn. But the sparrows, which had scattered in all directions when he emerged from the house, still hid in the darkness of the night, afraid of him. He tried various tactics to get them to a place of safety, circling behind the birds to drive them toward the barn, tossing cracker crumbs in the air toward them, retreating to his house to see if they'd flutter into the barn on their own. Nothing worked. He, a huge alien creature, had terrified them. The birds could not understand that he really meant them no harm. In fact, he was trying to help them. He withdrew to his house and watched the doomed sparrows through a window. As he stared, a thought hit him like lightning from a clear blue sky. If only I could become a bird, one of them just for a moment then I wouldn't frighten them so I could show them the way to warmth and safety at the same moment another thought dawned on him he realized that he had grasped the whole principle of the incarnation a man becoming a bird is nothing compared to God becoming a man The concept of a sovereign being as big as the universe he created, confining himself to a human body, was and is too much for some people to believe. But that, my friends, is the real story of Christmas. That is the heart of the Christmas message, that God has come to be one of us. God becoming a man so that he could reveal himself and his love to lost mankind. It is the very essence of the gospel, and it is the good news of joy which the angels spoke on that hillside outside of Bethlehem. A Savior is born. God has come to be one of us. I'm convinced that if we are to prepare our hearts for Christmas, we must spend some time contemplating this incredible truth. God becoming man, Emmanuel. Let's begin by pondering the mystery of it for a moment. Think about the mystery of Emmanuel. John the Apostle wrote about it in the gospel that bears his name. In the very first few verses of his book, in John 1, we have this word And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John said, the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is God with us. This is Emmanuel. In what some people consider to be a hymn of the early church, Paul the Apostle wrote about it in a more graphic and perhaps even earthier way. Here's what he wrote in Philippians chapter two. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament gave us a glimpse into the future of this truth. When he said that God would one day visit his people and he said that when that moment came, the Son of God would be given a special name that would forever remind his people of his sacrificial love for them. Isaiah put it this way in his prophecy in the seventh chapter he said therefore the Lord himself Will give you a sign Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel it is that passage that Matthew quotes in his gospel which we read a few moments ago from the first chapter. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Isaiah prophesied it. John expressed it. Paul wrote about it. And Matthew recorded it. God has come to be one of us, Emmanuel. One day, Paul was writing to his young friend, Timothy. And out of nowhere, he burst forth into a moment of praise and wonder. In 1 Timothy 3.16, he said, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God manifest in the flesh. Paul was writing to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, I don't understand it. This is unbelievable. Without controversy, Controversy, there's no way you even can contradict it. This is an incredible truth that God has become one of us. We are so familiar with it because of all of our Christmas cards and all of our traditions that sometimes we go right past it and miss the magnificence of this truth that Almighty God has come down here to be one of us. Look at the person you are sitting next to right now. Just look at them God becoming a person just like that person God becoming a person not some spiritual personality, but a real physical person Like you like the person you just looked at God becoming flesh and blood over the years as I have read about the incarnation and somewhat of a student of theology I have found that writer after writer has come to this truth overwhelmed with its importance writers that I respected men you have heard me speak of over the years as I have been your teacher these men well-known men have come to the place where we are today and have written of Emmanuel. Men like C.S. Lewis, who in his classic Mere Christianity writes, the second person in God, the Son, became human himself, was born into the world as an actual man, a real man of a particular height, with hair of a particular color, speaking a particular language weighing so many pounds. The eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that a baby, and even before that a fetus inside a woman's body. End of quote. A.W. Tozer also was overwhelmed by this thought. He said, The coming of Jesus Christ into this world represents a truth more profound than any philosophy all of the great thinkers of the world together could never have produced anything even remotely approaching the wonder and profundity disclosed in the message of these words he came the words are wiser than all learning understood in their high spiritual context they are more eloquent than all oratory more lyric and moving than all music they tell us That all of mankind, sitting in the darkness, has been visited by the light of the world. Frederick Biekner adds, The claim that Christianity makes for Christmas is that at a particular time and place, God came to be with us himself. When Quirinius was governor of Syria in a town called Bethlehem, a child was born who beyond the power of anyone to account for was the high and lofty one made low and helpless. The one who inhabits eternity comes to dwell in time. The one whom none can look upon and live is delivered in a stable under the soft indifferent gaze of cattle. The father of all mercies puts himself... At the mercy of all. And more recently, Philip Yancey has written, In Jesus, something new happened. God became one of his own creatures. An event unparalleled, unheard of, unique, in fact, in the fullest sense of the word. The God who fills the universe imploded to become a peasant baby, who like every infant who has ever lived, had to learn to walk and talk and dress himself. In the incarnation, God's son deliberately handicapped himself, exchanging omniscience for a brain that learned Aramaic stroke by stroke. Omnipresence for two legs and an occasional donkey. Omnipotence for arms strong enough to saw wood, but too weak for self-defense. Instead of overseeing a hundred billion galaxies at once, he looked out on a narrow alley in Nazareth, a pile of rocks in the Judean desert, and a crowded street in Jerusalem. Finally, here's the way St. Augustine wrote about the incarnation way back at the beginning of the Christian century. He said, Man's maker was made man that he, ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, that the fountain might thirst, that the light might sleep, that the way might be tired in its journey, that the truth might be accused of false witnesses, that the teacher might be beaten of whips, that the foundation might be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, and that life might die. I don't know what you think when you hear all these words by men who are much more articulate than I could ever be, but they stretch my mind to the breaking point. This is a truth without any precedent. There is nothing you can compare it to that the God of the universe, the creator of us all, deigned in his wisdom to come down here and for a period of time confine himself to a human body like yours and mine and to walk among us so that he might ultimately go to a cross and be the sacrifice for all of us. Here is the mystery of Emmanuel, The creator in a crib the ancient of days becoming a babe in Bethlehem The one who thunders in the heavens crying like a baby The one who made all flesh now himself made flesh the mighty God now a helpless child What a story What a thought that God Has Become one of us in these days that are before us. You will have an opportunity to see a manger scene Most often we walk by the manger scene and first of all we look for the baby and If we're with the children they will usually say oh look at that pretty baby isn't that a cute baby look at the baby Jesus And certainly that is a part of our celebration, but men and women when you look at that baby Jesus in the manger of that manger scene, remember that baby Jesus was the Lord God of glory coming down here to be born as one of us. That is the mystery of Emmanuel. But what is the meaning of it? How does that affect you? How does that affect me? Dr. Criswell, who was one of my teachers and mentors, used to write about this and he would. Preach at Christmas time if you never heard him preach at any other time of the year You always wanted to hear him preach at Christmas because he could preach at Christmas time One time he said think of the blessing of it all God is with us He shares our labors. He knows the dull drab drudgery of life's common tasks the heavy misery of Backbreaking toil he shares our trials and our limitations he was poor With no place to lay his head, he was hungry. He was thirsty, begging water of the Samaritan woman. He was weary and exhausted and sat for rest on the well. He bore our sorrows and our heartaches. If there was a death in the home, it brought tears to his eyes. When he looked upon the cripple and the leper and the blind and the helpless, his heart was moved to compassion. What Dr. Criswell was saying is that when God became one of us and walked among us. He had all of the same emotions and the same feelings that we have. And that is a part of his gift to us in the incarnation. And because God is with us, there are three things that are true. First of all, because God is with us, we can endure the difficult circumstances of life. Because God is with us, we can endure the difficult circumstances of life. I want to read with you a scripture. I want to read it first the way we would normally read it, and then I want to read it the way I believe it should be read. This is what the scripture says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Now listen. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What the Lord has said is so that we can say, What God has said about himself and his presence with us, he has said to us so that you and I may be able to say, I don't have to be afraid. What can man do to me? I have the Lord with me. The Lord is with me. Psalm 27 is almost exactly the same way. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Here is the truth of Emmanuel brought down to the everyday experience of each one of us. When we're in difficult circumstances, we are never there alone. He is there with us. And that's why Christmas... Can be a source of great joy and encouragement to us all. You know, you hear the stories in the media about how sometimes Christmas brings out the loneliness that people feel. But if God is with you, you're not alone. If God is with you, you're not going through all of these things by yourself. But you have to understand God, you have to know God, and you know God through Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ, He brings God into your life, He is God and uh, then the emptiness and the loneliness that can sometimes come during seasons of a lot of energy and a lot of things going on around you that loneliness goes away because you know you're not alone god is with you he always will be with you no matter what he is emmanuel god with us part
1: two of this tomorrow see you then For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Why the Nativity, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's 365-day devotional for 2023, Moments with God. It's a powerful tool for daily inspiration in the year ahead. Perfect as a gift or for your own study. And it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Get the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Why the Nativity? Here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah.
0: We celebrate Christmas every year, but have you ever wondered why? Why Mary? Why Joseph? Why a newborn king? In the film called Why the Nativity, Dr. David Jeremiah gives you a front row seat as you travel back in time to experience the sights and sounds of this pivotal moment, the birth of Jesus. Make this your new Christmas tradition. Why the Nativity is available to stream for free at whythenativity.org. Watch it today for free at whythenativity.org. If you're looking to enhance your personal or group Bible study, look no further than the Jeremiah Bible Study Series. In each volume, Dr. David Jeremiah helps you understand what the Bible says and how to apply it. Along the way, you will gain insights into the text, identify key themes, and be challenged to apply the truth found in Scripture to your life. Get your copy today. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca study. That's davidjeremiah.ca study.
2: There is a cemetery not far from New York City that contains an unusual tombstone. The face of the tombstone contains no name, no date of birth or death, and no words of remembrance. The blank gravestone contains only a single word engraved into its face, and that word is forgiven. I don't know why the individual chose not to record his name or the dates of his birth and death, but I can certainly identify with his one-word epitaph. The only thing that matters when we end our life on earth is whether or not we have embraced God's gift of forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ, a gift available today. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's forgiveness on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to
0: Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.